welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Last weekend was our miracle offering, and all week, uh, money has been coming in daily. I mean, it's just been every day, it's just a new amount comes in, new amount, and it keeps going up. And I just want you to know, in the past, we've always uh, had the miracle offering weekend one weekend, and then the next weekend, we also announce it, let people know they can still get in on the miracle offering. And part of the reason is that is, uh, did you know that on any given weekend, up to two-thirds of our church that comes in person could be gone. Two-thirds on any given weekend. If you doubt that, think about how much church swells up in size on Easter Sunday. Obviously, you know, it just grows so much. So about two-thirds. So we give a, a two-week opportunity. And then hopefully people that missed were watching online. And uh, I just want to say real quick, there's two groups with online. There's the online campus, and then there's people that supplement their in-person church with, with online. And I just want to, once again, just welcome and say how much we love our online campus. There's a, a real campus that because of distance or difficulty, they can't get there. Some people that, I, I had a guy come up to me and he said, you were my church. You, my wife and I went to your church when she was in hospice. We couldn't make it to the building, but you were our church online and, and now we're back in person, but thank you. So, um, but there's people because of distance or difficulties, they are part of our online church. And I want to welcome them. Can we clap for our online campus? We love you. We're part of this. We also continue to receive miracle offering this week because, uh, you know, and this weekend because people are doing stock uh, transfers. It takes time for that. Other people are talking with accountants and getting all those things in place. And so we do that. And as I was just, I was watching all this happen all week and just each day, what's the total, what's the total? Um, I, I, I felt like, just led to preach this message and to answer one question and then get to our motives and then talk about at the end that it's all for his glory and it's all for his honor. And for those of you that are, are new to the church, again, remember two-thirds miss. Um, and a lot of you here last week, I get it. I'll go quick on this, but Kingdom Builders is our over and above giving. People give their tithe, 10%. They say, we're on mission with the local church. We're bringing that and we're blessing this and we're fueling the church moving forward. But over and above that, we're gonna give to Kingdom Builders to do things globally, locally, and investing in future Christian leaders. And people give throughout the year and then they get to last weekend and it's miracle offering. And it's, 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 it's our biggest weekend of the year. It's just amazing what we get to do and give and to receive that. And the total keeps growing. And um, we even say on that, some of you had envelopes. And we said, if you don't like this or don't understand it, it doesn't make sense. Write the word why on there. Like why? Breathe up that prayer. And, and so with that thought in mind and what people would ask me, they'd say like, uh, whose kingdom are we building? Who's kingdom? Like people used to say when we said it was kingdom builders, you got to understand it's been around for years now at our church, but people would ask me, they're like, Who's, whose kingdom are, are we building? And, and I'd almost look at them like, what do, you, what do you mean? Like, like, we're building the kingdom of God. We're building the kingdom of our Lord and Savior. That's whose kingdom. It's, it's all his. It's for his glory and for his honor. And people kept asking me over and over again, like, kingdom builders, whose kingdom, whose kingdom? And, and uh, one year we were going to abandon the name kingdom builders because I was so tired of answering that question. 
And then we did a video series, if you remember years ago, and it was uh, at the end of every video, we said, this is Kingdom Builders, this is Kingdom Builders. And we were showing people what happened and it caught on so strong that we didn't abandon it. We said, all right, it's, it's, it, we're keeping it. It's, king, it's his kingdom. And if you're not familiar with that, if you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you are part of the kingdom of God. You are, are serving the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and you're part of his kingdom. And I don't think we talk about the kingdom of God enough. Um, if you're unfamiliar, 126 times it either talks about kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, the kingdom. It's, it's talking about the kingdom. And in the rest of the New Testament, it's mentioned about 34 times. And, and right now, the kingdom of God is when people give their life to Jesus Christ. They say, you are my Lord and Savior, and I'm no longer going to be part of the kingdom of this world, but I'm going to be part of your kingdom. And God comes into your life and changes you, and the kingdom of God is changing people's lives. It's giving us a new way of living. It's, it's helping us to live in the blessings of God. Those of us that have received the good news, and we have this good news of the kingdom that God loves us and that he sent his son to die for us. And if we uh, you know, repent of our sins and ask him to forgive us, we can be forgiven. It's this good news that we have the share of this kingdom of God. And so now we live according to the ways of the kingdom of God. And I wanna share a couple of scriptures that are, that are familiar, but just again, let the kingdom jump out at you. In Matthew 6.33, it says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he'll give you everything you need. Uh, Jesus was speaking, he said, hey, you're worried about clothes and food and this. He's like, you know what? Seek the kingdom of God. Align with what God's doing. Be worried about his kingdom and what he wants to have happen in his agenda. And he'll take care of all the other stuff. Be about the kingdom of God. And maybe we have a hard time thinking about the kingdom because we don't have a king we have a, a, a president that gets elected and then a new one comes in, okay? But we've got to understand we're in the kingdom of God if we are serving Jesus, if we've said yes to him. Let me read another one, Luke 17, 21. Nor will they say here or see there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. He said the kingdom of God is within you. Okay, wait a minute, the kingdom of God, so I'm trying to wrap my mind around it. It's the kingdom of God. It's the transformed life that is now aligning with the things of God and living in alignment with heaven. Let me give you another one. Matthew 6.10 is the Lord's Prayer. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's like the kingdom of God. And it's, it's what's happening in heaven is exactly what the king of kings wants to have happen. And we're saying, hey, on this earth, God, may what you're having happen in heaven manifest in this place right here. And may we align with the realities of heaven. Now, some of you are still tracking. You're following me. But uh, the kingdom of God is already in us. Those of us that know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior are living according to a new way of living in alignment with what God's will is in heaven and the kingdom of God. Different things like the first will be last. It's better to give than receive. You understand? Different things that, that are, are in the kingdom of God. So it's already in us and it's not yet fully established here in the way that it's not bricks and mortar, but someday God is coming back to this earth and he's saying, now the kingdom of God will be rule and it'll be realm and, I, and I'm making everything new and he's renewing. So we are living in the kingdom of God. We are serving the king of kings and we're in the kingdom of God. That's why we live differently 
than the people that are not in the kingdom of God. That's why we spend our money differently. That's why we pray, why we seek his wisdom and we seek godly advice when we're making decisions and we're looking because we want to align with the kingdom of God. And right now it's an invisible kingdom of, of life change where people are surrendering their life. They're saying, Lord, you are my savior, you're my king, and I want to align with the way you want me to live, what your kingdom is and what your kingdom principles are. So it's, it's that changed life that is happening in us right now. That's what's happening, and the kingdom of God is within us. I love what Albert Schweitzer said. He said, there can be no kingdom of God in the world without the kingdom of God in our hearts. And it's in our hearts. And we're saying, yep, I'm living differently. That's why when people say, are you really going to do that? You're like, yeah, I'm really going to do that. How can you? Well, I'm living for the kingdom of God. I'm living differently now because I'm aligning with how God wants me to live. And so with that, we're building as kingdom builders. We are, we are building and expanding things that advance his kingdom. Now, remember, it's not bricks and mortar, but sometimes we use bricks and mortar as a tool to expand his kingdom. What do I mean? We build a church so that the kingdom of God can go into that country. We dig a well so that the kingdom of God can have a presence there by the well and people can see that we took care of their physical need and then we can tell them about their spiritual need with the kingdom of God. And so it's, it's those of us that we're, we're fueling and we're saying, God, we're kingdom builders. We desire to do this. And, and kingdom building is... I believe it's not even a program anymore. It's kind of an identity. How many know what I'm talking about? Like, it's almost like, it's not this is kingdom builder. It's like, I'm a kingdom builder. I am right now understanding that I'm on mission. God brought me out of darkness and into light. He brought me from death to life. And now I want to live building his kingdom. I want more people to know the good news that I have. I, I'm always shocked when somebody doesn't want to do that. I'm like, How, you don't want to do that? Like, no, yeah, no, I, I want to advance his kingdom. I want to spread his kingdom. That means when we give money to the inner city church and a life center in Minneapolis, we're saying, hey, the kingdom of God needs a greater presence in Minneapolis. And if you've ever done street teams, you're like, the kingdom of God needs a greater presence in Minneapolis. That's when we give money to a teen challenge, we're saying, the kingdom of God can change the life of the addict and what was death can come to life. And we want to help the kingdom of God be spread to people that are addicted to drugs. That means when we do multiple church plants, we're saying the kingdom of God needs a greater presence here. We just want you to understand how much God loves you. And that's why we're fueling that. That's why when we go to Thailand or when we do live dead to difficult and dangerous places, we're saying the kingdom of God needs to go to China and Cuba and Vietnam and, in and Indonesia and all the stands and all the Arabias and say, the kingdom of God is coming. Good news is here. You don't have to live according to the world's ways. You don't have to live like that. You can live different, changed by the power of Jesus Christ. And with 42% of the world not knowing the name of Jesus, we're, we've got a lot of kingdom building to do. We've got a lot of kingdom building to do. And so we just keep going and we're saying, God, I'm a kingdom builder. I'm living for your glory and for your honor. It's for you, King Jesus. So let me, it's for him. And so with that, that's our motive. Our motive is to bring glory and honor to him. Our motive is to bring glory and honor to his kingdom. In Psalm 115, verse one, it says, the psalmist says, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. 
The psalmist says it two times. He says, not to us, not to us, but for your name and for your glory, we, we want to do everything we can. And I think we need to be reminded that we, a lot of times, how many know we want the glory and the credit? We want the acknowledgement, the recognition. Uh, you know, I think about that, like, as I was studying for this, I thought, I can hardly do a good deed around the house without needing a little affirmation. How many are with me? I forget what comedian talked about that, but I live it out. That, like, I, like, I fix a door handle. I'm like, huh, come here, come here. I did that. Try it out. Try it out. It works. It worked. Try it out. I did that. I had the right tool. I did that. You know what else I did? I hung that picture. You know, I did it. I did that picture. was hung up. I did that. I, I know it's crooked, but we'll fix it. All right. I got you. We just, we just want that. Like, come on. Matter of fact, I know it's funny, but right before service, uh, one of the worst team members was joke, joking around with a friend right as I was walking by. They said, I always like to get the credit. And I said, I'm preaching on that today. I'm preaching on that. There you go. Yeah. We, we just have a tendency to want to be noticed or named or remembered or recognized. And all that we're doing now is we're saying, not to us, not to us, but, but to your name be all the glory, all the honor, all the credit. And we, we brag on like things we've done and we haven't done anything compared to what he's done for us. He's done so much. And I was searching for an illustration to connect the dots on this. I love to do that. I mean, I, I don't know that I've ever met anybody that was, that's bragged on making their house payment. You know what I mean? Like I made my house payment this month. Did it. Car payment too. Boat. I'm on the 20-year plan. I'm on year 13. Yeah. They'll finance that baby forever. I made the payments. Somebody already made the payment for it. They loaned you the money and you're just paying them back. They, they already paid the debt. They already paid for it, and you're just paying them back. And it, it, how crazy it would be for us to be like, look what we did for God. Look what we did. Look how amazing we are. Look at all that we did. We, he's already paid the debt. He's already done so much for us. We never, like, we celebrate what God's done through us, and we're in, amazed at what he's done through us. But we don't walk around going, that's right, right here. Take a look. Look what we did. We don't do that. We owe him so much and thank God that he doesn't say pay it back. We, we just live a life of gratitude saying thank you so much for what you have done for us. We don't brag about it. We just do it and we celebrate. and We thank God for that opportunity. And, and when we announce the total next week, which we're going to do, and um, I'm going to let something out of the bag right now. I'm just going to give you a preview. All right. So last year we finished at 6.6 .6 million. I can just let you know we're already past 6.6 .6 million. All right. We're already past 6.6 .6 million. And I'm just praying right now as more comes in that, that we're going to blow past 7.5. And, and I'm praying that next week people look at me and go, you should have had more faith. That's what I'm praying for. Should have had more faith. You know, I'll take that. I'll take one. All right. Usually I'm stretching the church, but I know we, we're past where we are last. I'm just believing, God, look what you're doing. It's for you. Like, you're doing this. It's for your glory and for your honor. And so we're doing this because our first motive is to give God the glory. That's why we do this. The second one is, and I, I think this is important, we, we have a fear of disobedience. So say, wait, 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 there's multiple things here. Yeah, no, there are. They're the next two that I'm going to give you, I love what Randy Elkhorn said. He said, it's not mixed motives, it's multiple motives. It's not mixed, it's multiple. 
Like, I want to give God glory. I also don't want to be disobedient. And so I want to live a life that says, God, whatever you gave me, I used it for your glory. I, I, I didn't want to be disobedient. I actually wanted to give a great return. I read in the Bible, you know, about the parable of the talents, and I wanted to do it for your glory and for your honor. And so pray, I'm, I'm doing it for your glory and for your honor, and I just I, I want to show a good return. And so we realize that we're stewards of it and not owners, and so we don't want to be disobedient. So Part of what we do around River Valley is like, we want to be good stewards and be obedient. Now, I found this when I was researching for the sermon. If you don't know, I love to read old, old sermons. I read tons of old sermons from people that are dead and gone. I, I, it's like, I, I make it a goal every year to read 104 of them. Uh, and, and so I, I, I'm just reading all of them. I found this from uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon. And, and I, I, this quote is so strong. I wanted to summarize it and then just share it. And then I was like, man, he says it's so strong. I just want to read it, all right? And then if you're mad, you could be mad at him, but he's dead. So, all right, yeah. He said this about, you know, our, what we do with our, our money for God's glory. He says, regard your transactions from the standpoint of eternity. Weigh what you do, not as it may be thought of by men of the world, but as it will be judged by yourself when you behold in the heavenly country the face of him you love. I do not want you to have to say when you come to die, I have had large possessions, but I have been a bad steward. I have had a competence, and I have wasted my master's goods. All I have done with my wealth was to furnish my house well, perhaps to buy expensive pictures, and to allow myself luxuries which did me more harm than good. I hope on the contrary, you will have to say, I am saved by grace alone, but that grace enabled me to consecrate my substance and put it to the best uses. I can render up my stewardship without fear. I did not live for the fleeting life which is now over, but for the life everlasting. I read that and I was just like, that, I, I want to live, I, I don't, I don't want to stand before God and be like, I, I wasted it on me. I did it on me. I didn't, I didn't do what you said. I, I want to live in that way that says, I did it for you. I didn't. I, I, I was a steward, and I, and I kept some, but I leveraged, and I did what I could for your glory. And we love God, and we don't want to disobey. And I just want to keep saying to everyone, whatever God speaks to us, we just want to obey. That's why nobody said, here's a suggested amount, or a suggested amount, or here's this. It's just whatever God's speaking, we say, God, we want to obey. The third motive, and again, the, if you thought the second one was, you know, like, okay, we don't want to disobey, you're like, oh, I don't know. This one for Minnesotans is like, wait a minute. We realize God will reward us for what we do. Now, I know that's very un-Minnesotan. How many know what I'm talking about? Like, if you're not from Minnesota, if you're watching online or if you're in person, you're not from Minnesota, um, Minnesotans are like, oh, no, 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 don't give me any praise. Don't give me, no, no, no. And I've learned this. Minnesotans, when they're saying that, they're like, don't give me any praise. No, 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 don't. No, no, I don't want any praise at all. None at all, none at all. Yeah, okay, I've learned that. You have to learn that, all right? And you have to know this about Minnesotans as well. Um, there's like a two-denial rule. How many know what I'm saying? Do you want a piece of pie? No, no, no. No, really, it's good pie. No, I couldn't. No, it's really good. Okay, I'll take it. How many know? It's like, it's a two-denial rule, and then you take it the third. And if you're not from Minnesota, and you withhold the pie after one denial, you've just broken the chain, you know? It's a two-denial, then the third is the yes, and then you do it. So I know it rubs us wrong. You're like, there's a reward for this, but I didn't make it up. I didn't originate this. God's Word says it. Ephesians 6, 8, it says, because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do. It's right there. It's in the Bible. 
Revelation 22, 12. Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. Matthew 6, 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For your treasure is, there your heart will be also. He's saying you can lay up treasure. Like he's saying there's a reward. And again, going back to Randy Alcorn, he said it's not wrong that there's like multiple motives. It's just multiple. But we understand the first one's for his glory and for his honor. We understand that we don't want to do the wrong thing. And then the third one is like, we understand he's going to reward us. And there's a reward with what we're going to do. And there's going to be some way that God is going to reward us in heaven and say, thank you for what you did. And, and, and no matter what he gives, I just can't imagine. We're going to be like, no, no, seriously, I, I would have done it. How many have ever said like, I would, I would work for nothing. I love that. I, I, I would do this for nothing. That's like how we're going to feel like, no, you don't understand. And he'd say, no, thank you. Here's your reward. It's one of those moments. And I'm not certain if we're going to lay our rewards at his feet or his, our crowns. Now, some of you say, wait, I've heard a song about laying our crowns. Okay, I have searched the word all week, and I've looked and looked and looked and looked. The only place that I can find people laying their crowns at his feet, because there's that song, like, there's also, we fall down and lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus, right? And we sing, and then we sing these songs. The only place I can find is that the four and 20 elders... In Revelation chapter 4, it, the Bible tells us they, they lay down their crowns. It doesn't say anybody else. Okay, so I looked for it. I mean, I was, because I was saying, like, we're going to do it all and we're going to throw our crowns at his feet. Now, we may do that. We may do it, but I don't have a, a scriptural reference of it, but I have a, an example of what's happening right now in heaven. Because when John got the revelation of heaven, he was getting this revelation of what was happening. And there's 24 elders that encircled the throne of Jesus. They are encircled around his throne. And, and in that moment, those four and 20 elders, the Bible tells, I'll read it to you. Revelation chapter, chapter 4, verse 10. Then the 24 elders fall down before him, who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. They do it. Again, there's no mention of anybody else do it, but they do it. And so the people that are closest to Jesus in heaven, John gets this picture that those 24 elders Go and, and lay their crowns at his feet. Now, again, we don't understand crowns. We don't get a lot of crowns in this world, so we don't understand it. So if you understand in the Eastern world, part of what would happen is they, senators and different leaders would be given crowns. And whenever the leader, the emperor, the king, the ruler would go by, they would take their crown off as a form of submission saying, you're the king. You may have given us a crown, but you're the king. And we lay it down before you because you're the one that's worthy. And everything we have is from you. It was also in Rome a way for the, the leader would walk by and people would take their crowns off and say, everything we have is from you. This crown, like... All we have is for you. And then the leader would say, go ahead, now pick it up and put it back on and be a steward of it. Take care of it. I, I gave it, but the, the, you just say, it's all you. Everything we have comes from you. It, it, and it was a way of honor. And so here's my thought right now. Whether we lay them down or not, it just, I'm gonna follow their example right now in my life. And I wanna live a life of humility that says, everything I have comes from you. 
everything, it's all, you, you gave it to me, I, I honor you with it, and I wanna live humbly before you. I lay it before you. I wanna live like them where it's just total gratitude. You are worthy, thank you, you are worthy. And so I wanna live a life that says, I understand the kingdom of God that we're building, and I wanna live a life of humility and gratitude that just says, thank you. Thank you for putting me on this mission. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for giving me the ability to be blessed, to be a blessing. Thank you, thank you. And then the, the other thing I see from that text is they worship him. They're on their knees like taking their crowns out. It all comes from you. It's for your glory. We are so grateful. And then they worship him and they sing and they praise his name. So until I get to see that face to face, until I get moved in from this life into that life, I want to live a life of humility. I want to live a life of gratitude. I want to live a life that says, it's for your glory, it's for your honor, and I'm going to praise you. I'm going to sing so loud, I'm going to wake up my neighbors. I'm going to praise so loud, and I'm going to not stop. And I'm not going to stop. I'm just going to keep praising His name and singing my praise to His glory and to His honor. Here at all of our campuses, can we stand to our feet? Because in just a moment, we're going to sing. We're going to sing to the top of our lungs because everything we're doing is for His glory and for His honor and for His kingdom. It's the kingdom of God that we're building. And I pray that we're never going to stop, that we're going to take it to another level because He saved us. And as long as we're part of this kingdom on this earth, we're going to tell people, you too can be saved. You too can be saved. He offers grace to everyone and moves you from darkness to light. So God, I pray that you would help us to live that way. Help us to live that way. We are building your kingdom. It's for your glory and for your honor. And so God, we see that the 24 elders lay their crowns at your feet and they say it's yours. It's for your glory and it's your honor. There's a form of humility and gratitude and there's praise and worship that goes on. So in this moment, some of us will kneel, some of us will stay standing, we'll raise our hands, but we say once again, we are committed to building your kingdom for your glory and for your honor. May you be praised. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Come on, let's praise Him.